From the West Coast to the East, this is a special edition of the NBA co- or, sorry, <laughs> from the West. <laughs> this is why I shouldn't host this fucking shit. Okay. Uh, from the West Coast to the East, this is a special edition of the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. Shalanka, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I'm doing so, so good. Dylan, how are you? I'm okay. And more importantly, we have the one and only Philip Smythe in studio here with me in Los Angeles. Hey. How you doing? How you doing, Philip? What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? Good to be here. Now, uh, I might make some mistakes because I know Philip as AJ, uh, his colloquial name. Uh, <laughs> his colloquial <laughs> name. All right. What? <laughs> I said that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so I might make some mistakes here, but uh, but we'll try to stick with Philip, full Philip. Sure, Philip, sh- that should do it. Yeah. All right, all right. My dad's name is also Philip, but he goes by Flip. Oh well, that was that going to be too stressful to be talking to <laughs> me like I'm like like your father's name? Yeah, like, you're my daddy. <laughs> if you call, <laughs> you'd be like Dad. I mean Phil. Yeah. Ah, fuck. Uh, yeah, exactly. So hopefully we don't uh, we don't make those mistakes. Um, so uh, Philip is the face and voice of the my career player in NBA 2K19. Uh, so that's pretty special. I'm 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 glad that we could get you in studio, and I'm glad that we can talk hoops and talk like all the gossip that you encountered while you were record or while you were. Uh, performing with them yeah yeah it was uh it was a good time and there are some stories for sure (laughs) can't wait to get there so um so uh philip and i know each other because we are both on a sketch group which is kind of steed baby uh which is kind of it's been mia since summer it'll be back though but we'll be back we'll be back next year uh hopefully by hopefully in january or february i think so um and uh, it's just a fun group that that uh, our friend uh, Ronnie Campagnone, is mm-hmm. that how you pronounce it? I just say Ronnie. Yeah, let's just say Ronnie. <laughs> uh, our friend he, whose he, name we don't know. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Ronnie C. But uh, but it's like so Italian, and he would get so mad at us if we didn't pronounce it right because he's it. so Italian. Got and it. And yeah, he's like he's like from the Italian mafia in Rhode Island. I wasn't supposed to say that on pod, but Whoa. I did it anyway. No. <laughs> It's okay though, dude. I've heard. I don't think. I don't think he'd be offended. I mean, <laughs> you know, like Ronnie. He's a he's a funny guy, so he he takes loves those things pretty lightly. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he secretly loves it when you talk about how his family is Italian mobsters. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so anyway, we're in this sketch comedy group, and um and I saw on via Instagram that Philip was all of a sudden working. He works all the time. He books everything out here but uh he was working on 2k19 i was like oh my god we need to have him on the pod and so here you are today uh tell us a little bit about yourself and how um maybe you got in that's a, the worst host question of all no. time i'm not even gonna <laughs> fucking go there but i know what, what you mean though how, you're how, just like just yeah <laughs> to tell talk about your experience just say stuff well yeah because uh you're an actor you went to school for acting mm-hmm. um i just i kind of want to know more about uh what got you into performing and maybe even your relationship with like playing basketball if you have a relationship with that sure yeah um so i mean i've always wanted to be an actor even growing up as a kid i wanted to be an actor i just did a lot of theater growing up i did every uh 
you know, community theater program, et cetera, et cetera. And then I did go to school for it. I went to college at, uh, at Atlanta, Morehouse, and then I went to grad school in Connecticut, got my MFA there. Um, but coming out to L.A., I've been here about seven years now, and I started doing a lot of commercials. Um, getting a commercial agent, I find, is a lot easier than getting a theatrical agent. And so commercials are really just about, like, you know, bright personality and just showing that you like like hanging out with people longer than five hours at a time. <laughs> so um, I would just do that. And every time I went into an audition, I would just smile and be like happy. And then they're like, OK, cool. You can sell toothpaste or whatever. Yeah. P.S. <laughs> P.S. I got my commercial agent kind of through you because yeah. I, I looked up because. I looked up Carly's agent, and oh. it was Christine Tarallo. Yeah, that's right. I got Carly signed to Christine. I think Christine probably owes me forever <laughs> for introducing her to Carly. Because Carly Carly's like everything. her, Carly is her gem. <laughs> yeah. Carly is her secret weapon. Yeah. yeah. Carly is Carly is an amazing actress out here. She's also in Steed. Yeah. And uh, through them, I was like, oh, they book everything. So I reached out to BBA, and I was like, hey, I'm friends with, uh, these people and then Christine's like oh I'll have you in and I audition nice and so now I'm I'm with her I I'm with her hashtag I'm with her ah uh, that's uh, great that's awesome brother I did not know that that's really cool I'm gonna I'm gonna email Christine and tell her uh, congrats for signing you yeah thank you yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited so I've only been uh, I've only been out like a couple times I've been book I've been uh, signed with her for like two months yeah but you know, it's it's <laughs> interesting I didn't actually get anything from them for months I think. Like, they just need time to, whatever, remember that you're there. And then suddenly you get a call back or you yeah. get pinned or you get booked something. And they're like, oh, there you are. And then they start sending you everything. But then right. even after that, like, I feel like I'm always sending, like, reminders because, you oh, know, really? I think uh, they kind of focus on different things at a time. And then suddenly when you're like, hey, I'm here and I'm working and all this stuff, then they'll just be like, okay, yes, you, let's focus on you. And right. flood you with auditions. Yeah, and then it's very great. cyclical. Yeah, and she told me she was like, "You have to be patient because you need to get to know the casting directors, and right. you need to like, you, yeah, you need to like get in good with them first. And so, um, I, I've gone out a couple times. I haven't like, I, I feel like they've been so the auditions have been so terrible because it's all like, improv with like, yeah, and a lot of it is. A lot of it is just very like zero lines. Exactly, but you just throw in whatever comes to your mind yeah and it's i am an improviser so i know like how to improvise but that is like that is the single worst place <laughs> to be told to improvise is it in is. an audition room yeah for a commercial yeah it's terrible and because it's like it's not impro it's improvising about and it restricts you in every way exactly. that like you should not be restricted as an improviser because right. it's not like it's not like you can curse or change topic or go completely off the rails and just like yeah. make it something totally fresh. You're still improvising about this refrigerator, yeah, or like that whatever I product. I know, I know. So and it's very strange. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, like improvise about this refrigerator, and you have to like also be from the place that you like this refrigerator because like I don't know, it's not from a place of like be funny first, so it's a way different type. No, of it's always it's always uh, this is serious, this is grounded. But yeah. you're still improvising sort of way. Yeah, and and so like if you I don't know. So I'm I was I've been terrible at that, but I but I'm learning how to get better and stuff and um hopefully but anyway, so enough about me. Um <laughs> I just wanted to share that uh that with you. And um but AJ books tons of commercials out here. 
You've also done a lot of theatrical stuff, so then you got involved in theatrical yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, actually, I uh, started working, I guess, in 2014 pretty consistently. I started doing dramas, even though I love comedy so much, but dramas, you know, you find that they need a lot of people. They go through a lot of people, like all your crime dramas, hospital dramas, whatever. And so I uh, kind of found, found my way in through that venue, and it has been great just getting to know what the set is like by working with a lot of those people and getting a sense of like that style of storytelling and um a lot of a lot of the auditions that i book are through offices that see me again and again and again just because it's like if once you show you can do something they'll kind of try to keep fighting for you until they find something right which is really nice it's really the relationship you want right. you just want people to like you enough where they just keep trying to give you another shot. The way that you become an actor in this town is kind of by being pigeonholed. Like, because once you are, are known by that casting director for that specific thing, you will go out for everything that is similar to that. A hundred percent. And that's not a, it's not a bad deal. It's, it's not, uh, it's not bad. You have to, you kind of have to do it. Yeah. And yeah. anybody who like comes into their career and the weird thing that like you find out when you get out here is like, Anybody who comes into their career has to get pigeonholed, or you know, or you blew somebody, or, or do somebody. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then once you, and then once you become like a big deal, then you get to like expand and just do like the weird, crazy accent, weird limp. You get to be the NBA two K guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that uh that was somewhat in my wheelhouse. I mean, I did I played, okay, like I played basketball like one year in high school. Okay. Um. You're a I, tall guy. You're like 6'3". Yeah, I'm like 6'3". It's just funny because they actually measure you with tape in the audition just to be oh, really? just to be sure because they're like, yo, what do you, what, how tall are you? I'm like, I'm like 6'3"-ish. And my, my boys always joke, oh, no. like, man, you taller than you taller than that. You just look so tall. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, that's that's it. And then uh, so my nickname is like 6'3 my ass. <laughs> so they uh, actually measured me with, with tape and they found out I'm like 6'2 and like three quarters. I'm not even 6'3". Oh wow! And they're like, oh, well, okay. Well, that was that was without shoes. Yeah, without shoes. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. they just need. I guess they just needed a uh, point of reference because it's really technical doing motion capture right. for a game. A lot of the, el the elements are based on building an environment that works to scale because the animators are working with things on a scale level, right? Like mm -hmm. the chair. If I'm sitting in a makeshift chair and the animators are going to be making this chair then it has to be where they put it in that room so everything is measured out very meticulously and um i guess height kind of plays into that because the character that i'm playing is adjustable his height is adjustable that's great So they had to kind of find like a good you know middle ground to know how tall i really was right so that when they're scaling it everything still makes so sense. that so that when so when Philip becomes seven foot six, because right. I would always make my players like seven foot ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this and was back in two thousand two because I haven't I haven't played two K in a long time. But I always make my players like I I think it I think the highest one was seven foot ten. Yeah, and I just do it because like even though you couldn't make the player that good at, to begin with, if you just made them seven foot ten, they were going to get a lot of blocks <laughs> and a lot of like yeah. good stats. You um, know what's interesting <laughs> is I think, um, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but I think they only label the height on the game as being that tall if you were to actually measure it out it doesn't really get i think higher than like six foot 11 but oh, really it's for a once again it's for scale purposes like the scenes 
only take place in what can fit on your television, right. right? Right. So like if you're doing a scene with a character who is I don't know, like five foot five, then they can't really zoom out to make the character like a true accurate seven foot right. ten because then their head would be off the screen. And so they'll they'll say he's seven ten. <laughs> but, but he'll in the in the cutscenes he'll be Yeah, he'll six, be like six foot whatever. Eleven or yeah, whatever. something like that. Smart on their part. Yeah, I've actually noticed uh, that all the cutscenes, the sizes are way funky. <laughs> like yeah. everyone is the same height, it's, it's basically. And it's, yeah, it's interesting because they try to design it so that, like, the sizes can change. But what is the most impressive thing about this company is how they're kind of doing everything on the fly. Like, uh, a real, one of the, some of the most popular or respected video games in our culture, like, um, I don't know, like the Rockstar games or, like, the Call of Duty games, those take place over a span of years to make and... There's just a lot of a lot of work and a lot of like in-depth labors of hour happening into it. This, we make this game every year, um, right? And so the cl- from the time that the game is released, the clock is already ticking on making the next game, and all the like motion capture that we did and everything that we worked on, like just gives them a very little time to like perfect and make these things like absolutely you know, immaculate. Yeah. So I'm always impressed with like how good the game is because these people do not go home. They don't go to sleep. They just stay and work probably literally until the day before the game gets released. (laughs) So are you going to be doing this next year then? Or do you have you heard at all or? Well, it's not, nothing's confirmed and I definitely didn't have anything like I didn't have a deal or anything to do it again next year. But, um, What's interesting about that process is it it's a cost to motion capture somebody into that system. Like it's a huge right. Like all the data, all the memory. I think all in all they said that it costs about $50,000 for every player that they scan wow. into that thing. Damn. And so if they did want to save some money or redirect some money into something, then they could use me if they wanted to like for something else for some roles. That's I feel like that's kind of why you would see um, some characters like rehashed, like how the cop from one year turned into the referee the next year. Like that's not like a conspiracy theory. It's more just like, oh, well, we already have his face in the system, so let's just use it again. So let's just let's use it. But you'll get you'll get points on that or something, right? No, not really. Not really. You won't get paid. You have yeah, like you're you 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 gave them permission already. (laughs) They had like they have, <laughs> wow, right? They, if, they, like, if they want to use your voice, but or what if they need you. My body, my choice. What about like <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to get consent each time they use your body? Come I, on, yeah. yeah. We were just I talking about this, Dylan. This is perfect. Get some monetary <laughs> consent. Yeah, we were talking about this with Derek Rose because Derek Rose. I don't know if you heard, but like in 2016, he was dealing with some uh, some issues with consent and oh. having sex with a woman. Yeah, uh, man, it is such a it's such a. It's a weird time that we're living in. On what, like, it's a lot of good incredible things. to have all these things coming to light, so that justice is finally served. But yeah. it's also kind of like revealing the strange nature or habits of people that people fuck weird. People are <laughs> fucking weird, and they've been getting away with it for yeah. so long. Like. Yeah. It's crazy. And now, and this is just here that we're like having this movement. This is not <laughs> happening 
in other parts of the world right. where this stuff is still rampant and no one's like saying, hey, you can't do that. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so so where were we? We were talking about your process with, um, they use a different My Career player every year and they kind of like that, like to do that? They do. They Because the story changes every year. Uh, this year, the writer... Well, there were two writers, really. There was the main writer, and then there was our director, Christian Papiernik, who kind of doctored the script a little bit and changed certain things. And, of course, there's always politics and scheduling that goes into it. Like if we have an actor who only, who we only have available for a certain amount of time, then certain things will have to change. So it's always in flux. Production is always making certain things happen and then scheduling and et cetera. And, we just try to make the best game possible. But the focus this year was definitely on improving upon the storyline last year that a lot of people seem to really not like and making it more cohesive and giving it more of a through line and giving it some heart. And the whole team was very, very happy with the response that we got when people really liked the story and people were like, oh, I'm not just going to skip the cutscenes this year. I actually want to see what happens and I'm more invested and it made everyone really happy to see that that was well-received because that was definitely the goal. Chalinga, how are the cutscenes? I really enjoyed the cutscenes. I loved the, the horrible... You're not just sucking balls right now, are you? No, I'm not. Uh, I, didn't play, I didn't play 18. I did play 17. 17 was the Spike Lee one, right? Yeah. Um, that, yeah. One was, that one was great. Um, 16, 15, I, di- I didn't, didn't really care for those stories either, but this one was quite entertaining. I liked just like the misery of being in Fort Wayne. I thought <laughs> that was, I, I loved it. It was just like a constant, like, could this get any worse? Oh, things are getting better. Oh, it's getting worse again. Oh, it th- actually it's going to get better. Oh, it's worse again. You know, it was just like a very, uh, uh, yeah. comedy of just, errors, which was X. It was, I, lo- it was I like that reference. That's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the story was good this year. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good to hear. Yeah. Um, so, when you were doing this, when you were doing this whole process, how long did it take? Like, when did it start, and when? Overall, the entire process is uh, seven months. I think I started wow. in uh, December. I got the job November, started in December, and finished by June. And it was for days at a time, weeks at a time, a month at a time, and we would work sort of. The main storyline that people are seeing when they play the game kind of took place in a chunk of about two months. And a lot of the other stuff, like walking around the neighborhood, shopping, haircuts, whatever, all the little other dialogue pieces that you get when you're playing throughout the game, that happened over the rest of the course. The very first day was trying to break you in. So the very first day, I'm just going in Foot Locker again and again and again, being like, oh, I'll take these shoes. Oh, nothing for me today. Like, oh, these are nice. Let me try these on. It was it was really shocking to get to experience something that I do all the time when I'm playing games, like if I'm shopping in Grand Theft Auto or if I was playing 2K and going yeah. for shit. Like, I got to see that stuff, and I got to see how many variations. And I kept joking with the director. I'm like, you know what? Now I'm just going to start going in Foot Lockers in real life and walking in and out for hours, and they're going to be wondering what's Hang going on. on. I have to return these shoes. This is your 50th shoe that you've returned today. Right. And the thing is, you never pay for them. You just like, say, I'll take these, and you just walk out the store. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, 
So this has to be your favorite gig you've done. I mean, this is so cool. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the people that I got to work with, like, I worked with Anthony Mackie, Haley Joe Osmond, Ricky Whittle, Ginger Gonzaga. Like, it was incredible. And then on top of that, NBA stars, yeah. which are really fun to work with. My favorite's favorite? definitely Shaquille O'Neal by far. Yeah, he's – Oh, hell yeah. Shaquille O'Neal – We're big Shaq fans over here. He mm-hmm. was born to do, like, improv or sketch comedy. He was born he, to do everything. He was born to do everything. The man had great ideas the whole time. And oh. if anyone hasn't gotten there, I don't want to spoil it. But he, like – we have a lot of great interactions together where he – Keeps talking about barbecue chicken. <laughs> and, um, and he was just, you know, he's such a magnanimous personality. So even, you know, when we're just sitting there waiting to shoot or when he's just like doing his thing or just talking to people, he's been I'm the greatest basketball player. He's such a grand personality. And one story I like to tell is watching him just be around like objects and things. Like when we weren't shooting and he slammed a Gatorade as if it was a shot because he's so big. Oh I never thought about how quickly he could drink yeah, something. How, how, do you <laughs> figure out how many liters he drinks a day? What's I, that? I drink three liters of water a day. I wonder if like he has to drink like six. Who knows? He could. He could very well. And another interesting thing is he would rest on top of a soda machine putting his elbow up there like it was a table like it was a countertop <laughs> so he was he bigger like i noticed in the picture that you that you post on instagram like he was huge he's massive he was actually seven of course they had to custom create his suit just for him right <laughs> and um our makeup person either had to have him sit down or she would stand on a stool or a combination of the two yeah and uh yeah, he's so just, he was a real seven two. He's a he's a real seven two, and for being you know he's a little bit older now, and you only mostly only see him in suits, so you're thinking oh he must be like getting out of shape or something. Mm-mm, he's still solid muscle. Like his arm is all the curves and lines are still there. God. His chest is just, just super peck. Just imagine how Damn. big he was. Like because he's he's what forty five. He's yeah he's something like that. Yeah. So he his. Just because of gravity, I'm sure he's small, like a hair smaller, like than he was when he was in his oh, 20s yeah. and 30s. So think about that, like how he's even, how he's maybe even shorter than he was. He could be, yeah. He could probably shrink a couple inches, like before, you know, in just because he's so in the massive. rest of his life, and yeah, yeah. he'll still be God. six foot eleven. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm I'm glad to hear he's staying in shape because everybody's worried about his yeah uh, his health. Well, yeah, I mean he. At his size, he should not be standing that long. Like I, it makes sense that he's a commentator because watching him crouch behind the couch in one of our scenes <laughs> was incredible. It was like watching a draft try to hide <laughs> and like he was crouching. Yeah, he had to crouch behind some furniture for what? And like, cause he broke into my apartment. What? <laughs> and so, Wait, he, this is amazing. Yeah, so he's like, <laughs> was this his behind. idea? It was his idea, and he was and he was good at it too. He's like, I'm like, what are you doing in my house? He's like, the question is, I'm breaking in. Well, he's like, it's how did I, it's not how did I get in here? It's like how did I get into your mind or something like that? Whoa. He's just he's he's hilarious. He just improvises everything. He should be the star of every 2K game. Was he honestly? He really should. He really should. <laughs> he was great. Uh, and then yeah, there were, I mean there were other great people too. I love. Uh, who came? Um, ben Simmons, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
Um, who else do we work what, with? Giannis is a little goofy, isn't he? Giannis is really cool. He was there, and his brother was there, who's also a giant. I'm sure his brother will probably be in the league soon if he's not already. He just got drafted, I think, or he was he's either undrafted or he just got drafted to the Mavs. Okay, actually, cool. the Mavs. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he was there. His like, it's interesting when you shoot with NBA players because it's not something they do on a normal basis. Besides people like Shaq, who they're so attuned and accustomed to the process, but shooting with like. Younger stars, uh, Anthony Davis is in there one day. It's a different thing for them because it's kind of it's strange seeing these guys who are so, you know, larger than life and confident and good at what they do, kind of out of their element a little bit. Right. And um, and they adapt well because they've been coached to you know they've been coached to how to talk in the league and how to do these things and you definitely see the gears turning and the process of how they are still acclimating to all this fame and fortune and success and right. everything like that. It's really cool to see. But, uh, yeah, like Ben Simmons, that was that was a fun day. Um, he was brought he his mom there. See, because the thing that I, know, I knew about Giannis was in his rookie year, he would, like, get really excited about America, regular American things. Yeah. <laughs> Giannis, he's super humble guy, like, he he told me his aspiration. He he doesn't want it to live in like a big city. He doesn't want to be in New York. He doesn't want to be in like L.A. He like wants to be in like Carl's Corner. Like he just wants to sit. He just wants a nice quiet town yeah. with like a nice quiet life. Well, Milwaukee's close to all that stuff, so that, yeah, that's a good place for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's so he's so like not about like the grandeur and the spectacle. He just he really is super humble that way and. He had the most. I think he had the most fun, just playing into a character. Yeah. Because we ask good. everybody, like, "Hey, you you're being yourself, but you can be a goofy version of yourself, a angry version of yourself, a yeah. slapsticky version of yourself, whatever." And he leaned into being kind of like a mean <laughs> version of himself, and it was Whoa. really funny, and he That's was really awesome. good at it. Like. That's awesome. It was really cool to watch, like, because you could tell he was excited. It was like watching a kid get excited to play. So Shaq was not very surprised. It was not very surprising to either Chalanga or myself that Shaq was the best. Yeah, I mean, because he's the most. He's the most seasoned. He's Shaq is an actor. He's been on set. And yeah, we've seen him everywhere. But who was the most surprising to you? Um, in working with them, like how either how good they were at performing or like how much of a personality that they had. I'd say in performance, I'm gonna give it to. I'm, I I got to give it to Anthony Davis. Really, I Hell think yeah. Anthony Davis was the most surprising in terms of like his performance and stuff. One how authentic. Anthony's yeah, he's super authentic. He's a super humble guy. Like. I met him and his, I guess his his baby. He's got, he had a newborn baby. He brought to set. Oh um, my god, cute! He brought his 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 parents, and what? like he's just super kind and like, and super like interact. Like if you tell him to do something, he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great, and that's awesome. You know, and he and he's a good actor too. Like he would come up with ideas, and he like he riffs with you. You throw something at him, he like play. He throws it right back to you. He has all the elements that you need to be a performer like they're just right there That's and i didn't know much about his personality because you know he's just he's the brow and he's got this sort of like brand but he's uh he's really in tune with i think 
he's really in tune with himself and really in tune with like himself as a performer and I think that was just really cool to watch. Who was the like goofiest to work with that you wouldn't expect cuz obviously Shaq is was the goofiest. Uh I'll tell I can tell you who the least goofy was. Okay. It was Ben Simmons. Really? Ben Simmons is like it was really funny and I'm not hating on Ben. I love Ben. I love what he did. <laughs> but we were like, "Oh, try this." And he's like, "Ah, oh, I don't I don't know." And then then we would always throw back to his mom be like, Mom, do you have any ideas? And she's like, oh, tell him about that time we did this thing. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so his mom was giving him assists <laughs> like, wow. through the shoot. It was really, really funny because we were like, can we suit up, Mom? Wait, like, so <laughs> that's awesome. Wait, so is he – Is what is his ethnicity? What is his background? He's I, Australian. But he's – I know he's Australian, but his – so is his mom white? Is his – Yeah, yeah, he's biracial. He's yeah, biracial. Okay, biracial. so – Okay, that's cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and, and I think dad? he brought he brought his girlfriend there at the time. I don't know who she, I can't remember who she was, but I think she's a big deal too. I thought she, I, yeah. isn't he dating Kylie Jenner? Or I thought it was Kylie he did Jenner. not bring Kylie Jenner. Okay, this was a, this was a year ago. <laughs> oh, so I think oh he's, right, right, He dated right. Kylie Jenner this summer though. I right, think. maybe I don't I don't know. You know what? I could be. I don't want to get it wrong. Might not be his girl, but she was like you know, she was there. <laughs> so. The, more on the inside scoop of the and of NBA relationships yeah. and how casual they, they always are. bring a posse. People they always bring their people. Who had the biggest posse? For sure. Oh, Shaq. It was really? hard to get around him when he when we weren't shooting because he just has people, just people all around. Him. He seems everyone like the else brought guy. their families though. Like it was very much a family thing for people to come in. Okay, Giannis had all his family. Anthony had his whole family. That's great. Um, who else did we get? Oh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just brought his manager. Really? That's <laughs> it? She's this, she's this adorable lady who's just like, let me get a picture of everything. How was Kareem? Like, what was he like? He's like, he's super professional and laid back. And I think the I actually think my most enjoyable time of any of the players that we worked with was just getting to sit down with him and talk about his experiences, like the things he's seen, the people he's, he's met. He's so smart. He's one, you know, he's one of those, he's one of those dudes who will just sit with you and like he'll be like, Where are you from? And we'll just talk about life. Yeah. And he'll just talk about like what thing the things that have happened. And I could have listened to him all day. I could have listened to him tell stories all day. Mm-hmm. I have to say my two favorite basketball players of all time. And like these are my goats, Kareem mm-hmm. and LeBron. Yeah. Those are my two goats. Yeah. Uh I don't Kareem put, is amazing. I, I don't put Michael there because I mean anyway, to me He's the most underrated, greatest player of all time. Yeah, in basketball. he definitely like he has. You know, he's got his swag because he's he is who he is. But he also just has. I don't. know, He just walks around like a guru, just like he just knows. He just seems so wise. Is he taller than Shaq? Do you think? Oh, he's super tall. They were actually <laughs> there. I think they were there at one point on the same day. So they they were chatting it up, and they were both like. They're both giants. Yeah. But Kareem, I mean, Kareem's much older, so he's probably shrunk a little yeah, bit, but yeah. he's still, what, six foot something, 11? Yeah. Like, Kareem is tall. We had to make his, of course, you have to make his suit from whatever to scratch. At, so at some point, you're just, well, I'm looking up, and when you look up at two tall skyscrapers, yeah. and you're underneath both of them, you can't really tell which skyscraper is taller. It's just like, you're both really tall. I know. No matter who you are, if you're next to them, then it's just like you're watching adults talking. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and all the people that you've named so far are are very tall. Ben Simmons, yeah. Giannis, Anthony Davis, like 
Those are like yeah. You didn't work. Did some you work with biggest. anyone you were taller than? With the I was that I was taller. Oh, uh, players. Yeah. Uh, mm, no. I think the shortest people that I well, I didn't even work with them, but I did do my um, capture day with them, with uh, Lonzo, Brandon, and and their coach Luke. Oh, Luke Walton. Mm, okay. Yeah, I did my capture day with them, and I also saw. Um, uh, Walt, I also saw Luke at the Combine when I went to um, Chicago. Oh, nice. So I got to talk to him again there. So uh, were you talking to any of those guys? You None of them. No. Yeah. But, but they were closer. Yeah. Than, yeah, they were so closer. So Lonzo's like 6'6", six, six, and I don't know. I'm obsessed with heights, by yeah. the way. So. They're, like, they're, they're at the heights where it's not like ridiculous like how looking at them. And I'm like, yeah. Like they six, can control a room shoes. without lording over it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> It's not like, my God, when you look at them. It's fee fi fo fum. It's not that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, it's strangely enough, I am told by the production group that I'm taller than Steph Curry, but his stats say 6'3", but they keep saying that I'm actually taller than he is. I would believe that because I think his 6'3 is in shoes. Yeah. I think that a lot of the 6'3s that you see, probably Derrick Rose is 6'3 in shoes, so you're probably yes. taller than mo- most of those guys. They probably exaggerate or anywhere like, to or like one one point seven five or something like that, and then you put on some shoes. Or yeah. Oh, yeah, for like sure. They probably exaggerate at least an inch, maybe an inch and a half. Because that surprised me. I always think like, oh, I always want. I kind of compare myself. I'm like, oh, okay. If this is about my frame, then who would who, be my yeah. frame on the court? Did you have to play basketball with any of these guys, or did you get to? I got to. I didn't get to play basketball with them because um, our scenes were not playing basketball. But right. I do have scenes where I'm handling a basketball where I like. And the thing is, you're wearing a helmet camera um, that's basically a bike helmet with like a very, you know, intruding bar right in front of your eye line that has a camera pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. So that totally messes with your shot. Like you can't right. really shoot with that thing. Right. Um, and they have to capture all my like facial expression. And so if I am ever with a basketball, then I'm trying to be very careful with it because if I move too too like fast or something like that, it'll shake the camera and then my alignment will be off. It's like a you have to have a Michael K. Gilchrist shot. You have to shoot from the side of your yeah. body. Yeah. Giannis actually wanted to keep his helmet cam because he said it was helping him line up his shot. He's oh. like he's like oh I like this this is good this helps me with this thing I was, interesting he, I guess it just he's always trying to improve his game he every moment he's like oh how can I get better this way this way this way he has and he has shown that mm-hmm. in in the way that he's improved I mean right now I think he's a, I mean he's a top three M- MVP choice right now and he could be he this could be the year that he finally nabs MVP we're we're pro Giannis people here at this pod yeah um Chalinga, do you have any more questions. Um, I, I guess like my question was specifically for this. We didn't really talk about what this audition process in particular was like. Um, Oh, uh, strangely enough, this was a very normal audition process. A lot of people I've heard that when you audition for video games or motion capture things that they want to see like almost your level of, I don't know, like, uh, of miming skills. I didn't do any of that. It was very much just a performance-based, like, so you're here's saying the that scene. my miming classes that I took <laughs> are I think, for nothing? I think if you, were, like, if you were going out for, like, Call of Duty or something like that, I think that would absolutely be necessary. <laughs> I'm, right. And I'm not kidding because That's my wheelhouse, Call I've of heard Duty. people talk about how, like, oh, you know, I want to see 
you pull the gun out of the holster and pull your binoculars out of the container and load it and check your air in all this stuff but kinky i can do it everything that mm-hmm. everything that i was asked to do i just had two normal scenes that were not from the script mm-hmm. and they're dummy sides basically and i just had to you know act them out and the scenarios were i guess maybe emotionally similar but not like nothing circumstantially similar hmm. so the, i you could tell they were just looking for they were looking for something in a character that had these kind of thoughts and feelings but not like the situation at all cool and it was like five it was four or five different auditions so like the fir- the initial audition oh and my God. Like four th- callbacks yeah like three or four callbacks <laughs> oh my God. Ugh, that's, that's so long worst. that's so long when did you when did you figure out that like or when did you think that you had it like did, was it just not until they were but or were you did you have a good idea about the last callback that i had it's gonna be me i had a good feeling uh I had a good feeling after the second audition. I was like, yeah, this is actually going pretty well. Um, I built a character for this audition. Like, I did not want to just come up there as myself because I'm like, well, if you're just going from my experience, then, you know, he might not fit the fit the bill of what I think this character is really like. And so knowing that it was for a basketball game and knowing that he's probably going to be going on a journey, I kind of built – a character kind of from the ground up in my process and um, showed that to them. And when they responded well to it, I just wanted to learn. I just tried to figure out more and more and more things that I could, that I could put into the performance. And um, that was, that was uh, something that I felt really good about after the second audition. And I think I almost got a hint after like my fourth or whatever callback, like what was going to happen. Right. I, they didn't say they did of course they didn't say anything in the room but you know i you know like i could just tell the gears were turning and but you like jumped when you got out of that one you were like you were jumping up and down a little bit you know what's funny is i left my keys in the room on accident so i had to knock on the door again (laughs) oh no and then they're like and then they're like we were just talking about you and i was like okay let me just take my keys and not spoil the moment uh yeah it's always a good feeling you know when you've done your job in the audition room. Like, that's kind of the only thing I'm going for. Like, I don't, if I don't book the job, then it is all good if I knew that I made a good impression. Yeah. Like, because you always get another opportunity. But I do remember the first thing I, I said when I found out that I booked a job was, I can't wait for my fiance's brother to, <laughs> to play it because I'm still trying to impress him. And yeah. this would be, like, the way to, like, get in good with the with the upcoming family. When, yeah, when are you getting married? Uh, next in, September. Everybody in Steed or secondhand smog, which is what it was before. They've they've gotten married in the last two years. That's every single, true. Every single I am. Number. I'm like the last one. Yeah. Well, like, Ronnie's the last one. Oh yeah, that's right. Ronnie, of course. <laughs> and and Taya, and Taya. I don't know Taya. Yeah, she was. She was. She's definitely next. Okay. Well, um, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, preemptively and thank you. On thank septem- you. Next September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good time. My brother got married in September. Um, are where where is the wedding gonna be? Uh, here in L.A. Oh, it is. Yeah, cause she she's not from here. She's no, from, she is. Oh, her she whole is? like mo- uh, her family and extended family are all Californians. But you're from Texas, Dallas. Yeah, the Dallas metro area. Yeah. So that is a great segue. Oh, into uh your feelings as a basketball fan growing up because this pod is all about being 
fans of the sport and fans of <coughs> specifically we're Timberwolves fans. Right, right, right. God, how fucking smooth was that chilling guys? All eyes north, baby. All eyes north. Uh, All eyes north. I like that. Um, so we've loved the Timberwolves our whole lives, basically. Um, but we've gotten a lot more into them recently. Just because they've become so interesting in the last three years with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah with Andrew Wiggins, like all these young players are getting great. And then Jimmy Butler comes in, we get to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. That's and, crazy. Um, so we're, we were super excited uh, these last couple of years for the Wolves, but now things are getting a little sad. Jimmy Butler was just crazy. <laughs> we're going to do a little recap. Right, of that. At least you got new uniforms. Yep. We got, we got new uniforms. I like the new uniforms and I, we even like the new purple uniforms even better. Yeah. Much but better than the, the gray. The Prince, the Prince inspired. Ones. Yeah. Those yeah. ones are so beautiful. They are very nice. Um, I, I think that they should be our primaries, but whatever. Um, <laughs> three games a year is good enough. So your relationship with the Mavericks, like, so you grew up, were you a Mavericks fan from when you were a kid? Or? I mean, I was, actually, I was kind of a Mavericks fan. Like, I always loved uh, playing basketball. Like, I was, I was playing it pretty much every day during the summer when I didn't have, when I wasn't, you know, in school or whatever, and. I would always go to my YMCA and I would play with my best friend Evan, who was actually really, really good. But I wasn't as good as he was. I wasn't as strong as like a lot of my friends were. But I was good at, I mean, fundamentals and you know, like I can pass, I could dribble, and then like when it comes time to shoot, I'm great at free throws. <laughs> so like, <laughs> well, that's the most important part. Yeah. So like, uh, I always loved basketball. And um, the Mavericks, my first encounter with the Mavericks was actually when a cousin of mine was dating Jim Jackson way back in the day um and she brought him over to our house what wow and uh and he I just remember thinking like this dude's tall <laughs> and really good looking and they're I'm like they're gonna be a, they're a very pretty couple and um <laughs> we got to take pictures with him and then after that not long after that was when I remember uh the uh Nash, Dirk, and mm. Finley days, mm. and that was sort of like when should have never gotten rid of Steve. That was when our that's when I guess the fandom kind of started, is when we had those guys working together, and uh, I guess the days of the new Mark Cuban era of the Mavericks when things kind of turned around and they were he was trying to revamp the whole right the whole team. And so he got rid of Steve Nash like right before Steve was gonna get become a Hall of Fame level player right. with Mike D'Antoni in, in Phoenix. What did you feel about that trade? Were you, like, because you were a fan at that point. Were, yeah. Were you, yeah. like, heartbroken about that? Well, yeah. I mean, he was the, fa he's the my favorite player on, on the team. Like, okay. he's the most exciting to watch. He would do crazy Over, over Dirk. Yes. Now Dirk's probably your favorite. Well, yeah. yeah well, like, uh, on, I mean, yes. Dirk is Hall of Fame. He's incredible. Like, yeah. I can watch Dirk shoot a three. Like, and be very happy. But, you know, Nash was just like, he, Nash to me was the version of excitement to watch that I guess people feel like um, Steph Curry is now. Right. In terms of he like. He literally was. In terms of how uh, uh, creative he was, how he can just weave through things, his, his athleticism in just kind of bobbing and weaving and like not looking to doing these crazy passes and stuff. Watching him pass was really, really fun. He was an amazing orchestrator. And, yeah, without Steve Nash, there would be no Steph Curry. Right, I think. yeah. So, like, he definitely – he was that level of excitement back then. And then uh, I also was a fan – I think it was Van Exel who was playing mm -hmm. uh, a little later. 
or so, and he was cool to watch too. Like, I, I guess the you know it wasn't it wasn't it was never perfect. It was never like everything is absolutely in place and right. Know. And and it was like okay, well we have this great future with Steve Nash, but then let's get rid of it. But then there was this push in 2011 where uh, where they were like, all right, let's get Jason Kidd, let's get right. Tyson Chandler, right? Right, yeah. And and so they they made that one final push, and they just happened to catch the heat when before they got their chemistry together. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, and that's what Dirk was playing at the Broken Finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I wasn't – by that point, unfortunately, I wasn't even living in Dallas by that point. Right, you were out here already. Yeah, well, I was – yeah, I was um, either in college or out or out west or out east. Um, oh, okay. But my sister – was there and by then she was a huge basketball fan okay and she was actually like i think at the party or at the game and the after party that dirk went to really like for that game cool she has like very fond memories of that time um but yeah like i was you know i was definitely hype when when we beat lebron i I did think it was i did not think it was going to happen again (laughs) right when it happened i was like I, I was like, that was good. That was good. We got one. Yeah, I think it was like, I think that was the whole the whole feeling around, I mean, even Mark Cuban, like, was just like, we got out of that one alive. I can't believe it. Yeah. But <laughs> right. they, they weren't ever going to be even close to what they were later. Right. When you moved to, uh, for school, to Atlanta and to Connecticut, mm-hmm. you kind of fell out of uh, NBA fandom a little yeah, bit? Yeah, well, because, you know, you're busy. Right. Like, you're just working all the time, so you don't know what's going on. I don't think I even had a TV for four years while I was in college. Right. I know. I, you, you know, it's weird the things that you forget or that, like, fall off your radar right. when you're in school or when you're busy like that. Like, I was – and I was deep in the heart of Atlanta, so, I mean – I even forgot white people existed for like three days because I didn't like. Good riddance. It's just like such a. It's just such a different world, and you're just like in it, and everything is all about what's happening right in front of you. So I mean, and I didn't even get to play basketball in college because you know, I just there's nothing around it. I didn't know where to do it. Because you so were like, an actor boy. Yeah, because I was an actor boy. So like, I didn't touch it. You know, it was weird because I grew up my whole life playing basketball, be always being around basketball. And then suddenly I went to college and grad school, and I didn't touch a ball for, like, <laughs> seven wow. years straight. Did you get back into it after school at all? Oh, yeah. Like as soon as I moved – it was funny because I remember the very first day I moved to Los Angeles, I got a uh, membership at 24-Hour Fitness, and 10 seconds after, like, that membership was, like, signed – I went straight into the gym and started shooting around again, like because gotta it get was, good at my free throws. Yeah, it was like it was like coming home. I was like, ah, yeah. I'm back. Like, and it and it became my routine. My routine every single day was to get up, be at the gym at eight, work out for like an hour, shoot around for like half an hour, and then go about your day, whatever your day was. I was. I'm such a bad basketball player. I w- I'm like just uh, an effort guy. Mm. A lot of effort. <laughs> I, a lot of effort. I, I got I a really long that. reach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing you because you have really long hair. I'm picturing you with like 
a Jackie Moon like headband. Uh-huh. That's right. That was like me. some short shorts, just sweating a pool. Uh huh. And like just all the effort in your face, like let's go. The let's effort. Do- yeah. 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 So and it's been like six minutes into the game. Yeah, and I get way too serious about like uh, intramural basketball. Oh wow. And, I, and I'd be like on the court, like screaming at people, and uh, and every time they give me the ball, I just spot up, sh- shoot it, and yeah. I miss it every time. <laughs> <laughs> like air balls, everything. That was that was me so in high bad. school. I got way too nervous, way too quickly. I was, uh, yeah, like, oh, so embarrassing. I remember I tried to shoot this three. And now, but this is like JV, by the way. Yeah. Try to shoot this three, and it just like totally just went under the whole basket, and I was like, Oh God, it's the worst. It's the it's the. I had no. You concept. never forget that stuff. Well, and I had no concept of like how intelligent you needed to. I I needed to play basketball in order to be good at it because I would have had to be the guy who just gets to the rim every time mm-hmm. if I was going to ever play basketball well, and and I had no concept of that. I was like, Oh. I can shoot a mid-range jumper. That's okay. Like I, I had no concept of like either you shoot a three or you go to the hoop because right. you can't shoot. <laughs> um, and and I and maybe I could have been an okay player after that, but I it, it was just amazing like how much more knowledge could have could could have helped me and could could have helped a lot of NBA players to be right. honest. But like that we know today. You know what's funny is playing two K has actually made me better at playing in real life. Right. Just because of like. I guess this, you know, thinking about the logic of like, okay, you know, I can set the screen here, like I'll dip yeah. in here, blah blah blah, like sh- like shoot the ball out to get a three, like everything that I'm everything that I'm doing with my team, I'm like trying to practice on the court, and it's totally different because everyone's sloppy and amateur and stuff, but it's right. like it's still working in and some it, weird sense. Yeah, and, and like it totally helps. I mean, I was a high school football player, and when I I played Madden a lot. And I would get around the defensive backs, and I wasn't that fast. I was I was maybe a sub five forty guy, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like a four seven four six guy like the fastest defensive backs were. But I was getting around him, and he's like, "How are you doing that?" I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm showing him a different route than I'm running, <laughs> and that's how you get around him." And but it's like those video games. The point actually being, teach you the psychology of they, like working yeah. those things out. Yeah, yeah, they teach you how to play sports in a, yeah. in a weird way. Um, and and I think that that's really cool. Okay, so then did you get back? You, then you got back into basketball, but now you're not so much of a Mavericks fan. No, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. Basketball specifically as a sport is really one where you can be a fan of the players mm-hmm. in terms of like where your loyalty really lies, because yeah. the players mm-hmm. have such distinct personalities, distinct abilities. It's like watching. It's like superheroes, right? It's, like, it, yeah. if Superman left the Justice League and joined the like the other Justice League, you'd still be like, "Well, he's still Superman." So, like, you got right. you're still all about like what he's what he can do. That's the and greatest. watching them work together. Yeah, watching certain teams work together is really exciting because of the specific players on that team. It's, it is. I think that that's the greatest development in NBA basketball and fandom. Um, just in the last twenty years, it's been so great to see that this player empowerment and yeah. th- these players being able to have a voice and right. like you see like LeBron being way bigger than his team mm-hmm. and and now he's like the singular figure in basketball and that's what's cool about it's what people love about basketball is basketball has so much like I, and maybe that maybe I'm wrong because I don't follow other sports as much but I feel like if you're 
you know, if you're playing baseball or football or soccer or something like that, maybe not soccer because I've seen soccer played a bunch of different ways. Right. But like in so, in a lot of sports, like you kind like the players can't showcase different like personality things that highlight like their super strengths. Well, and with in hockey, the same way. yeah, with hockey and football, you have a helmet on. Right. Yeah. So you can't right. even see what the person's doing or what, how they're reacting, and there's right. not like. You, you don't have as as many of the like oh this is that person's reaction to this thing yeah yeah and yeah like okay you know this person's running then like okay you're gonna run back and you're gonna look for the open man and you're gonna shoot yeah him. but I mean in basketball when you're watching when you watch someone square up with Kyrie to be like oh I'm gonna you know I'm defending Kyrie and then you're like Kyrie's like okay we'll see yeah and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna work this out and do all this like that's it's super exciting it's like the Kardashians for dudes (laughs) all of the drama and that's my favorite part about basketball is reading the body language and seeing the cat fights that are going on yeah or like if you see uh Carl Anthony Town, how graceful that dude is. Oh, <laughs> he's how, he's a little bit of a cheese ball, but yeah. Yeah. He's like a, when you see like the things that, that, that it's just it's just crazy. You to, didn't meet Carl, did you? Hmm? No. No, but he'd, he'd just be another yeah. graceful giant. Mm-hmm. That my director worked with him. He said that um he said that he can cross a room in like five steps and yeah, he's, you won't and the crazy thing is you won't even hear him do it. He's just boy. like <laughs> he's just a he's just a giant ninja. Elegant. Yeah. I, I think Chilang and I both hope that he can find his personality. Mm-hmm. He's really good and smart and savvy with the with the media and always says the right thing. Yeah. But we want to see him have a little bit Relax more of that bite. Bit. And I think that's why Jimmy Butler and he didn't get along is because he was just like such a media darling and he's like everything that I do needs to be um, filtered through like not someone who isn't my personality i think he's think he it sounds like he's trying to think long term like he's thinking you know because who's going to have the post nba career like first someone who's volatile who is difficult to work with or someone like him who everyone's like you know everyone can be like oh he's not only is he a great ball player but he's also like a nice guy and stuff, and it's it is right. it is the playing it safe route a little bit. Yeah, well, because but then you have like play, players like Charles Barkley, and like no one got along with Char- with Chuck, and then now Chuck just gets in arguments on that's inside true. the NBA every day. That's, that's gotta great. be that's gotta be you. That's gotta be like yeah. It's gotta be your personality. Like I think, and for younger players who still have a, feel like they have a lot to learn, or feel like you know they're not. They don't maybe don't have like the confidence to have that like bravado or whatever. Right. Because who's telling who's telling Barkley anything besides Shaq, who still makes I love it every time. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know you gotta have you gotta have that you gotta have that uh that confidence to just be like all right whatever it's my way. Um. But the the face of the you know the face of the league right now is all about like the nice guys who get along with people. Yeah. And. I, I do like do the well. way that LeBron has has come out of his shell though too. Yeah, he's really been able to like start sharing his opinions and getting involved in his community and. Oh, and I think at some point you have to. Yeah. When you're as when your radius of influence is as grand as his is, at some point you can't be quiet anymore about stuff. People right. are going to expect thoughts and opinions. So, who are your favorite teams? Maybe as a result of your favorite players, but. Um, Right I mean, I love the Timberwolves. I mean, I love the Bucks. Yeah, you know, love to hear that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, like I love those teams. Um, I'm excited. Like, I really, being from Atlanta, I really want to see 
uh, what Atlanta's going to do, what the Hawks can do. Really? Um, well, yeah, Trey Young's looking pretty good. Yeah, he's looking so good. Far. I mean, he's going to be fun to watch. He's going to be another. He's going to be another Steve Nash, maybe someday. Maybe, yeah. He's got that similar similar playing type. Um, yeah, is is Schroeder still on the team? No, he's uh he's on Where'd OKC he and he's been killing it with Westbrook out. Oh, okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, like, I mean, prob- probably if I if I still have like a favorite team, and this isn't just because this is just because um they're entertaining for reasons all basketball their talent but also like the kind of the drama yeah is the rockets just, oh my god they're just never they're, they're never boring that's but that's like that's literally the worst team you could pick i feel like the mavericks and the and yeah what do you, what would your friend from dallas say if if you said that i like the <laughs> <laughs> i don't know they'd probably be like what the hell that's bad <laughs> Yeah, you're about to get uh, a fight after this pod comes out. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> going to be real mad um, at you. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be bad. Um, <laughs> but I hear what you're saying because right now it's hard to be a Timberwolves fan. We're 4-9 now. Oh, my and, God. And we have no superstar. We lost Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and Carl Anthony Towns it might not be able to be the best player on a playoff See, that's, that's just the thing. It's like, you know, the – you almost gotta ignore the whatever the how the team's doing. Like if you like the team, if you like, really, I feel like saying you like the team is more like saying you like what that coach stands for right. because that's how they play basketball. Like that's the only thing that will stay consistent yeah. with the team is like how that like if you have if you if you like the Spurs right and you love Pop- Popovich's like basketball purity this way this way thing. Then you love that. Then you love that team, even though people that like will yeah. transition in and out of it. Um, you know, like I like I love the Spurs, but psh, when Kawhi went to uh, what is he at in Toronto right yeah. now? I'm like, psh, I like him there too, and they're killing it right now. Yeah. Like I, I'll I'll follow that. And Kawhi's not even 100 percent yet. You can tell, but he's no. but he, everyone's still th- putting up stats. What are people saying that he's gonna? The people, the he, the Lakers want him now, right? Well, yeah. So he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, but and we don't know go. where he's going to go. He's not going to go to the Lakers. I don't think that he should leave Toronto, and he might not. It's same thing happened with Paul George. He what wanted is, to go to the Lakers, and then, is it that he just doesn't? He's not sure about the city. Um. Well, he wanted to go because he's from LA. Yeah, Kawhi, and and I think maybe Paul George too, but uh, Kawhi's from LA, and everybody's freaking out about like, oh, he wants to come home, but like. I don't know. Toronto has a chance this year, yeah, at least to go to the finals and maybe to take a couple. I games bet away you. From the I bet you. If that happens, if they make it, he'll be happy and he'll try to stay. The good thing right. about, uh, yeah, I I think he might stay if they go to the finals. I would, if I were him. I don't think he should come to L.A. anyway, just because. Why would he want to work under LeBron like that? Yeah, right. and well, he he's he's not as much of a personality as other players. Like he does like to be. Like the under the radar guy. I'm a fun guy. So, but so I think that he can play the number two role on a team, even though he's so good. And he could do like if he were the number two on the Lakers, they would be able to beat the Warriors. But oh yeah, they beat any team. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So so that's the advantage of that. But the other thing is like. In Toronto and in in Milwaukee, they've got these teams that are so versatile. Like they last year, um, the only thing that Toronto was able to do really was just put them up, shoot up the threes. And then now you're looking at Toronto, and it's like 
Valanchunas is starting to look good. Uh, Ibaka is starting to look good, but they're looking good oh, d- yeah. down low. Yeah. And so the way that the advanced metrics have uh, have been working was like they haven't just made threes important. They've made the paint more important. And you saw it with the Bucks when they beat they just beat the Warriors by like 23 points or something like that. And it's because the the Bucks had 80 points in the paint. That's and see that's the evolution of the game. That's how the pendulum swings back. Yeah, because we are we've been living in the world where three is king. Yeah, and now like the players are naturally having to evolve and adapt to like well, you you have to get the prominent big man back. You have mm-hmm. to get like of course defense has to change. Yeah, well, all, and yeah, all those things are definitely um, uh, changing now to become more like evolved towards right. The, to, to and that's where game. you attack the Warriors because they're the weakest right now at their center, at their rim protector position. And and I think that th- with, it's really interesting. Which that is weird because don't they have uh, what's they have um, Boogie Draymond? Huh? They have Boogie Cousins, but he's yeah hurt. they got Cousins. He's hurt. Well, but he's going to be hurt probably yeah. the whole year. I don't know if he's going to even come back to basketball to be honest because he's such a big guy and he tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. So, so like I think he's projected into for like a February return, but I think it's also what, shaky. Yeah, I that's think it's bad. really shaky because I think yeah, Bo- Boogie's Boogie's an interesting case. Who's I your think, second? Um, Damian right Jones. now the rim protector is like Jordan. Oh, what? Damian? Yeah. Damian Jones, right? That's his name. Yeah, he's been with them a while. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, what about the their uh, second round pick last year? Oh, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell, he's um he's also playing center. Yeah, but, but Jordan Bell doesn't. They're all too short. Yeah, it's and not they needed that. I guess when they got rid of um, what's his face? When they got rid of a uh, Javale at the Lakers now. Oh, JaVale. JaVale yeah. McGee. JaVale. Got rid of McGee. Yeah, JaVale was a huge loss for them, I think. Yeah. And it showed when the Bucks were just, like, taking it to the rim every time, and I it's interesting. I don't know why JaVale left. Why did it, why they get, why they get rid well, of Well, he's probably getting paid more in uh, on the Lakers. Oh, it? yeah. I guess that's the only thing that would make sense. Um, he, he was probably a minimum on the Warriors, and now he might be a mid-level exception or something like that. Mm. They that's probably, and they probably were thinking though. that they were trading up so well with Cousins that, like, Things are just going to fly. Maybe, yeah. And and the reality is that Cousins might not come back this year. And, and How that's, old is Cousins? He's, he's only like 29, 30. But, oh, he can come back. But he's a seven-footer who is dealing with a serious, like a very serious ankle injury. Yeah. And so that's the – that injury – happening to a big 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 man makes things difficult makes things a makes lot things more difficult because he's putting like 300 Steph pounds on it snap his ankle every three months and still come back who did do that right yeah, but literally. I, you know i think like the the main thing about the warriors is that it doesn't really matter who the fifth player is you know like at the end of the day it, it if you got those four all nba future yeah. hall of fame players starting together then number five it's pretty much just plug and play Whatever as long as the matchup is, as, as long, long as they're as long as they're working t- well, yeah. As long as night, Draymond is still a good rim protector, because they'll still go, they'll still get majority of seven. Yeah, that's pretty much the point. I yeah, think they will, mm-hmm. they will. But um, but that's that's our hope is that uh, Anthony Davis can pair up with LeBron and just beat him down low. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we've got some trades to help make your Mavericks a little bit more exciting to watch. Oh, okay. There um, we go. So this is kind of our last segment here. Uh, Chilanga, do you want to share uh, the trade that you have developed for the Mavericks? And share also the Jimmy Butler one. I want both of them. Okay, so let me start with the Jimmy Butler one. I was I was scheming on it um, up until about an hour and a half ago when Jimmy got traded <laughs> to the Sixers. 
Um, <laughs> but in this trade, it's a three-team trade. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, Dallas Mavericks get Jimmy Butler and DJ Augustine from the Orlando Magic. The Minnesota okay. Timberwolves get Harrison Barnes and Dennis Smith Jr. And Orlando gets Jeff Teague. So wow. really, my, my main thing was to get Jeff Teague off the Timberwolves because me and Dylan, <laughs> we both hate Jeff Teague so much. He, we, and Orlando <laughs> doesn't have a point guard, do they? No, they. DJ Augustine is their point guard. So Yeah, that's bad. Orlando upgrades, uh, Dallas upgrades with Jimmy Butler over Harrison Barnes, and we get a young possible future star um and a solid that's a uh small forward chilinga that's a better trade than the one that happened in real life i, I know that sounds pretty good actually i know i was really happy about it <laughs> and then if like if orlando's not happy getting 30 year old jeff teague you know dallas can throw in like a 2021 protected first round pick or something just to sweeten the deal a little bit you know um that would get the job done. I don't think anybody says no to that. Right? I thought I was so pissed. I mean, I was happy when the trade came Who, through, but I was like, damn we it. We got to call the front office for this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, we need to redo. We need to trade back. I, yeah. I think the uh, I think the Philly trade isn't going through until Monday. That's when the official trade call is okay, happening. Well, let's so go, we've got let's time. Let's go trade back, Cs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make some calls right now. I'm going to send emails to Glenn Taylor like I have been, even though he has not <laughs> responded. Yeah, um, he's not very responsive. What are you? He's you're sending emails to them. Is it just his name at gmail.com? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reveal, <laughs> re- reveal it to everyone, Chalenga, so we can all send emails. Oh yeah. Oh no. Uh, Glenn.taylor at gmail.com. Oh, he put the dot in there to mm-hmm. throw people mm-hmm. off. I was gonna say, you know, that doesn't matter, right? <laughs> uh, he's like, got <laughs> the, the computer reads it either. Will read it either way. Oh, with or without the dot? Yeah. Oh, oh did not know that. Uh, he's also got another secret email account. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fan sixty nine sixty nine. Ooh yeah, baby. Ooh. At Yahoo. <laughs> Ooh yeah, baby is in it. Oh. At Yahoo.com. Yeah. Oh, he's still on Yahoo. Yeah, wow. dude. He's that so must have been an old one. Are you uh-huh. sure you didn't say? A- sir, it's not AOL or. <laughs> he's had that one since Kevin Garnett was at in his Hotmail.com. Prime. Hotmail. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was the best trade. That was way better than my trade. Um, but my trade can actually happen. So what is your trade that can actually happen? My act, uh, trade that can actually happen. So next, I didn't know what to do. So I went to a team that was really struggling. Um, the Washington Wizards. This one's fun. Fuck you. I did this one too. Oh, yeah. damn it. Okay, what's yours? Tell me yours first. Okay, uh, mine was just straight up Brad Brad Beal for, uh, um, for Harrison Barnes. And then there would have to be a pick involved too. But Brad Beal for Harrison Barnes. That's a... Bad trade for the Wizards. N- not if you're getting a pick. Yeah, what 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 pick are you gonna get? A 2021. That's the next pick they can trade. No, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's a problem. But like, look at how bad the Mavs have been for the last five years. Like they they're they're not ready to win a championship yet. Mm-hmm. So true. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about Brad Beal? Uh. Mm. I'm kind of indifferent towards the trade. I think I like the I like the first trade better. I was I thought I that one was solid. Okay, check right, check this one out. Actually, my Wizards trade is different. Oh, sorry, what were you say, Phil? Oh, never mind. I want to stay on topic, but I was I was trying to talk about this before. I was wondering who the most traded player in league history was. I look- and I actually looked it up. There's a top five list. Someone some people have been traded eight times. Damn. Whoa. I can't imagine that. Robert. Chris Gatling. Mm-hmm. 
Chris Gatling was traded eight times. Billy Owens was traded eight times. Don McLean, Joe Smith, and Otis Thorpe mm. all traded seven or eight times in the league. Damn. That's insane. That's I was like that's that's, that's going to be on some Dwight Howard stuff right there. Seriously, yeah. Dwight Dwight's going to play for eight teams before he's done. Um, I actually uh, I, okay. <laughs> I also want to bring up. I looked up Jim Jackson when you mentioned him, and he actually holds a record. He's tied for having been on the most NBA rosters in his career. Really? Yeah. Wow. At how many rosters? Twelve. Whoa! Yeah. Amazing. Um. So, how are you going to get Dwight Howard over to the Mavericks? Uh, that was not my trade. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think that uh, they would be willing to swap Dwight Howard for <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. Wait, but, uh, but yeah, no, I don't mean swap them. Have have a have a front court of De- of DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. Twin towers. <laughs> I love that. That's kind of going. Especially, that brings me back to the to the Houston Rockets. Right. Dwight's been working on his three point shot too. Maybe he could stretch the floor a little bit. Um, no, but my trade was centered around, uh, John Wall. So it was, uh, John Wall and Otto Porter to the Mavericks. No way. How are you going to do that? So much money in exchange for Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews and Dennis Smith Jr. So Washington loses. John, you can't, no one's going to give up John Wall. You don't, you don't, he's, he's making 40 million. So they can't keep, they can't keep him Otto Porter and Brad be on the same team next year because John Wall is going to be it's making like twice as much money next gotcha. year. So, I this is an amazing trade. Also, I think this is really good. Would Dallas have to give up more than that because that's their that, that's Washington's two best players too. I was going to say another thing is when you trade players that good, the ticket prices go down because right. of the caliber or whatever of the team. So like. Wouldn't that be something they'd also have to factor in or consider? Well, they might just want to tank because they're two and nine right now, or what are they? Oh, they're two and nine. Like, I think two they're and two, two and, and nine. Right so now. just so, just so that they have the top pick next year. Yeah, because they're like, well, if we're gonna be two and nine with this team, why not just be, yeah, bad without these players, and then we at least have some ca- cap flexibility. Right. Um, I think that I think that this is a smart a smart move to get at least John Wall off of this team because he's just been he's been out of it he's been like not paying attention when he doesn't have the ball basically Mm -hmm. which he's never been that great off ball but and but he's just completely disengaged even when he's on ball he's been disengaged i think he had like he had like six points the other night jesus yeah he's just um he's he's been a succubus to this to to the uh washington wizards and it's just it's sad yeah and i could talk more about about your trade i think brad beal's the better wizard so if you're the wizards that's who you want to try to stick with wesley matthews is 18 million expiring so that frees up not only john wall's money next year but then that extra 18 million so they will be a player in the big 2019 season which there's a bunch of players because everybody signed one years this year um expecting a slight cap increase uh, this off season, and uh, there just was not a lot of money because of the 2016 season. But all that money's coming off the books this off season, so uh, you definitely want to be a player in in the free agency this year. Um, plus, you get Why Dennis not? Smith Jr., who is like John Wall 2.0. I mean, the, mm. their game is super similar, um, but hopefully, their their personalities is, his personality gets <laughs> works with Brad Beal a little bit better. Um, and maybe John Wall just needs a new start, you know, a uh, new city, new fans. Yeah. Anus tart. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I see that now. Yeah, I agree with all of that. 
how would Otto Porter and John Wall pair with Luca? Because that's what they really need to worry about. Well, I think Luca is the type of player that can kind of play with anybody. I mean, he can. Yeah, because he's so he's still so young now, right? Yeah, he's young. He's Nineteen. And he's literally the most versatile player yeah. to ever come in the so NBA. He can he's still malle. He's still malleable. Yeah, right? just let him. I'm adapt. just worried. I'm worried that John Wall is going to ruin Luca in that trade. If I were the Mavs, but it's a little scary. Know, but Rick likes to run the two ball handler thing. So if you got Luca and John Wall out there as your two ball handlers, and they're you know they can find a way to work together if john wall can work together with anybody that's the big question yeah that's that is the big question well thank you for those trades i think um philip what's your what's your uh which what do i have to pick one yeah well you're gonna you're not gonna pick mine because mine fucking (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i wasn't i wasn't doing the trade machine very much yeah okay if i had to pick like the best uh, trade options. I actually was just convinced with this last trade, so I think this I would choose this one. Oh hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell. All yeah. right. And with that, uh, Philip, do you want to plug yourself on Instagram and stuff? Uh, I'm Philip Smithy on Instagram. Philip with one L. That should do it. Oh, it's Smithy, not Smithy. Oh yes, I was gonna say something, but I I'm was such like, a fucking it's fine. <laughs> I was like, well, because you know, when then we talked about not saying Campignon. Yeah, and I was like, like I can't eh. pronounce anyone's last names in our. In our I was like, I if, like he would be bothered because I'm not bothered. Yeah, <laughs> so there we go. Uh, uh, yeah, Philip Smithy on Instagram. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. I, I I'm not like super active on everything, but what are you I'm so, active enough. Do you have any projects that you're excited about coming out? Uh, I just shot an NCIS LA. Episode nice. which is coming up soon. Um, got to work with LL Cool J. He's dope, and I I don't know, kind of a bu- just a bunch of random stuff. Like I'll be doing a um, I'll be doing a table read coming up of uh, Angels in America. Oh, um, they're bringing that back too. Bringing that back. Wow, I'm very excited about that. That's happening in December, and then um, what else? And I just shot two short films that will be coming out soon too. I, wow! I wish I had more information about that, but I don't. That, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. People well, just follow you on Instagram and get all the deets. Yeah, and yeah. Then you'll follow find on Instagram, out. And you'll see everything. That's great. Well, thank you for being on our pod. This is one of my favorite pods that we've done. Yeah, and we have we have done ten. This oh, cool! Prob- thank you guys. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming around. Uh-huh. Um, maybe we'll have you back sometime, and we can talk about NBA. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. All right. Great. Chilinga, do you wanna do you wanna take us out? Yeah. This was a good one. Thank you so much for talking. Peace. <laughs>